Omniscient Universe Church, a Synergetics Podcast, Episode 232, February 9th, 2021, Beyond the Narrowest Trends. This is an experimental podcast, something I've never tried before, as a reactionary to a news event. I will go from what I call theirs to mine for what they wrote. This was a link from a subscription I have to Nature Briefing. So I opened that email and it linked to this news report or this news feed. And the title of it is Tracking QAnon, How Trump Turned Conspiracy Theory Research Upside Down. Quotes, by taking fringe ideas mainstream, The former U.S. president taught new and dangerous lessons about manipulating social and mass media. Jeff Tolson, out of quotes. In quotes, Jacob Anthony and Jelly Chansley, known as QAnon Shaman, at the Capitol riots, out of quotes. In quotes, the QAnon Shaman became an icon of the 6th January insurrection at the U.S. Capitol, credit Brent Sturton slash Getty, out of quotes, in quotes. For people around the world, the new iconic images of a man in a horned headdress roaming the U.S. Capitol during 6th January insurrection came as a shock, out of quotes, in quotes. For Kate Starbird, the images were frighteningly familiar. QAnon Shaman the online persona of Jacob Anthony Chansley, or Jake Angeli, is a known super-spreader of conspiracy theories that her research group has been monitoring for years. Quotes, The storming of the Capitol was, inside quotes, this physical manifestation of all of these digital characters we've been studying, quote, says Starbird a social scientist at the University of Washington in Seattle who investigates the spread of disinformation on social media. Quotes, To see all of that come alive in real time was horrifying, but not surprising. Out of quotes. Theirs, in quotes, The epic battle against coronavirus misinformation and conspiracy theories, Starbird is among a cadre of researchers in the United States and abroad who study the way disinformation and conspiracy theories take root and spread through social and mass media. As U.S. President and a prolific tweeter, Republican Donald Trump turned their research upside down when he helped to push typically fringe theories into the mainstream, most recently by downplaying the coronavirus pandemic and promoting the unfounded claim that the U.S. presidential election had been stolen from him. Out of quotes. Mine. How did President Trump downplay the coronavirus pandemic? I asked because I saw no evidence of anybody downplaying the coronavirus pandemic. How did President Trump promote the unfounded claim that the U.S. presidential election had been stolen from him. What about the gathered evidence from observers on the scene at the ballot counting places? Theirs, 
end quote. With Trump out of office, the group of researchers is now working to make sense of the deluge of data that they've collected from platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. It's been a lesson in modern populism, a world leader amplified once obscure conspiracy theories with each tweet and retweet strengthening the ideas and emboldening their supporters. Now researchers are retooling to understand and prepare for what comes next. Out of quotes. Dictionary. Populist. Noun. A member or supporter of a political party who seeks to appeal or to represent the interests and views of ordinary people. Adjective. Relating to populists. Derivatives. Populism. Noun. Mind. What compels the cadre of researchers to act now that Trump is out of office? To make sense of the deluge of data, data they've collected from Twitter and Facebook. What proof are these researchers providing that a world leader amplified from once obscure conspiracy theories? What made them obscure? Where and when did the term conspiracy become enabling and by whose agenda, as reporting agencies, does the terminology become popularized and turned into propaganda? How are these researchers retooling? What describes that preparation? And how are they anticipating what comes next? There's, in quotes, conspiratorial thinking. During his presidency, Trump frequently retweeted followers linked to the notorious conspiracy theory QAnon, a narrative that originated in 2017 and claimed that a powerful cabal of Democrats and elites are trafficking and abusing children and that Trump is fighting them. Although Trump never endorsed QAnon, he repeatedly refused to condemn the conspiracy theory in interviews and once praised its followers for their support. Out of quotes. Mine. Why does the president have to repeatedly condemn a conspiracy theory if he never endorsed the system called QAnon? Who, in fact, was the authority that is in charge of condemning the president's freedom to not condemn under such pretexts that assume a superiority position to do anyone else's thinking, controlling anyone else's thought language, as apparently those in interviews did. There's, in quotes, one debate in the conspiracy theory research community is whether Trump has pushed more people into QAnon or whether he just emboldened those who already believed. Polling suggests that QAnon adherents remain a small, if increasingly vocal minority, says Joseph Yuskinski, a political scientist at the University of Miami in Florida who has been tracking public support for several years. Others argue that polls don't necessarily capture radicalization at the extremes. Out of quotes, in quotes, QAnon has clearly gained ground under Trump in recent years, says John Donovan, 
a disinformation researcher at Harvard University in Cambridge, Massachusetts. The activity that she and her team monitor online as well as the real-world protests and political rallies taking place add up to, internal quotes, a growing interest in or dedication to these ideas, out of quotes, she argues, end quotes. Mine, what proves that QAnon gained ground specifically under Trump and not specifically pertaining to the news media whose onslaught for four years never letting up against the president began prior to 2017. Perhaps the focus of these researchers does not include the entire dynamic in the universal communications process, singling out the president and not gathering relevant data concerning the entire fiasco from his first day in office leads to what culminated as a result, apparently. It is as likely that QAnon found the perfect breeding ground in that communications process, as did all slanted biases that further enabled each subsequently taken action-reaction step for and against this democracy. There's, in quotes, Trump supported clash with police and security forces at the U.S. Capitol. Trump told supporters at a rally on January 6th, in quotes, we're going to the Capitol, out of quotes. Just before the insurrection that saw SAW people breaking into the building, stealing governmental property, and threatening lawmakers, credit Brent Stirton slash Getty, out of quotes. Mine. Did the insurrection see people breaking into the building? Did the insurrection see people stealing governmental property? Did the insurrection see people threatening lawmakers? Is that the extent of what Trump said when he said, in quotes, we are going to the Capitol? Does saying so incite insurrection? Or is the reactionary mentality overzealous to discredit Trump's overall concern, which emphasized letting their voices be heard? Did it ever occur to those who are also inciting insurrections as a motivation, doing precisely that without precise timing of the events taken into consideration? From other reports, Those people at the Capitol were already inside as Trump was speaking a great distance from there and was not in earshot of them. In addition, is it not as likely that the precise timing that caused the upset also permitted the Capitol Police to remove the barriers that allowed some of the people to enter? Is it not a possibility that the entire fiasco was timed for the end result, which was to wipe out the moment when stacks of signed, sworn, under oath affidavits were to, pre- to be presented in the chamber as gathered evidence of voter fraud, which Senator Cruz had at hand, and which was highly publicized prior to the January 6th event. The end result is more complicated than a shallow interpretation into whatever sensationalism 
it can possibly satisfy. Theirs, in quotes, researchers like Donovan knew QAnon was primed to embrace the theory that the 2020 U.S. presidential election was rigged. They had already watched QAnon merge with the anti-vaccine movement to back theories that the coronavirus was engineered to earn money for vaccine makers, out of quotes. My, how, in fact, did Donovan know QAnon was primed to embrace the theory that the 2020 U.S. presidential election was rigged? Was the merging with the anti-vaccine movement evidence of the prime embracement of the theory to back theories concerning engineered coronavirus exploitation to earn money for vaccine makers? More important is who finances QAnon? Who finances terrorists as such and others who may have been mingling in with the Trump supporters, such as Antifa, every ever-ready groups who show up to cause havoc and mayhem with ample examples of those behaviors. Are they not skilled rabble-rousers who can disguise themselves and their seemingly unorganized intention? Theirs, in quotes, Trump began pushing the idea that the election would be illegitimate when he suggested that postal ballots can be falsified. Things came to a heat at a January 6th rally when Trump told attendees, in quotes, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore, out of quotes. He then called for them to march to the U.S. Capitol just as Congress was preparing to certify Democrat Joe Biden as the next U.S. president, out of quotes. Mine. The idea that there could be voter fraud emanated from the mail-in ballots, which common sense says provides the perfect ground for deception, and which in fact occurred according to video surveillance at the scene of the crime. Because a president encourages people to save their democracy using fight like hell, it's inspirational. It is not equated with insurrection. Others have been encouraged to march and protest. But who precisely times what was going to be presented to Congress that could support investigations into the ballot stuffing, incorrect ballots, the boxes of such evidence that has been set aside and supplanted by the misinformation that Congress was preparing to certify. Perhaps this is the ever so slight rearrangement of words that had not the Capitol been breached precisely correlated to a presentation of gathered evidence, it would not have turned out the way it did. Does certification equate with truth? Or does it not simply record a particular event as an achievement? It could be an entire lie that is certified so that the next stage in the process can begin with less fuss and bother. Apparently, truth is still in question, and certification does not prove it. 
from the dictionary, certificate, noun, an official document recording a particular fact, event, or level of achievement, two, an official classification awarded to a cinema film indicating its suitability for a particular age group, verb, provide with a certificate, derivative certification as a noun. There's, in quotes, echo chamber. The false narrative about the election was a landmark, albeit discomfiting, opportunity for researchers to study how disinformation spreads across the Internet. In July, Starbird teamed with René DiResta, chief researcher at the Stanford Internet Observatory in California and others in the Election Integrity Partnership to track and correct disinformation on social media platforms such as Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok. The team is still sifting through their data, but Starbird says the work is illuminating how social media makes it possible for populist leaders such as Trump to build constituencies and wield power. Out of quotes. Mine, by identifying the presidential office and the president as a populist leader, to rearrange what this personality is expected to do, which is to amass as many voters as the political system is designed for. It also seems to have emboldened the narcissistic social media giants to treat the commander-in-chief of the United States Armed Forces disrespectfully, discrediting the power of his office, reducing it according to cancel culture as that of a populist persona non grata. How can an illegal election be a false narrative when disinformation regarding Trump was generated at the outset of his presidency in a correlation to the mainstream news media purposely adding fuel to the fire? To leave out the other side of the issue is to promote an opportunity as a self-proclaimed landmark opportunity or what may be blindsided agreement, worded as such, which apparently will not shut down the researchers' Twitter or Facebook accounts. Perhaps that is the reason. Enough not to look into every detail with the close scrutiny of a forensic scientist that allows social scientists to turn a blind eye away from all that would label the U.S. president in negative terms when it is what every elected official in a governing system does as he, she, builds constituencies in support of the democracy and responsibility such an elected office is given the power to fulfill. There's, in quotes, social scientists battle bots to glean insight from online chatter. In one case study, the researchers tracked false claims that Sharpie pens given to voters in Illinois and Arizona resulted in damaged ballots that were unreadable by voting machines, seeded by Trump's narrative about election fraud. These claims originated among his supporters on Twitter and were later amplified by members of his own family and right-wing influencers, helping to spread the message much farther and bring it into the mainstream. 
efforts to set the record straight, including Twitter affixing warning labels to prominent tweets, failed as the narrative spread at the grassroots level among smaller, unverified accounts, the researcher found, out of quotes. Mine, how does one battle a bot? Or bots provide leanable evidence for the researchers? Is online chatter indicative of the whole truth from the outset of the interacting, interrelating personalities on every side of the issue? Or does the gathered data add layers to the predicaments generated by the human imagination's ability to fabricate anything, turning words into disadvantages, exploiting systemic thought language according to the value of doing harm? Twitter affixing anything is indicative of its self-serving agendas to control free speech. To repeat it, while accrediting such intention fails to delve deeply enough into the tech giant's deceptions which add to the threats against free speech and all that this democratic republic requires of its voting population and all who really care more about our inherent freedoms than emphasizing, in quotes, uh, uh, emphasizing theories attached to conspiracy, giving more power for the supposedly political correct perspectives to capitalize on their own propagation of false information in so many words. From Wikipedia, bot. Internet bot software application, internet bot, and internet bot, web robot, robot, or simply bot, is a software application that runs automatic tasks over the internet. It typically bots perform tasks that are simple and repetitive, much faster than a human could. The most extensive use of bots is for web crawling in which an automated script fetches, analyzes, and files information from web servers. More than half of all web traffic is generated by bots. Theirs, in quotes. We see this interplay between the elites and their audiences who are actually collaborating with each other to create false narratives, out of quotes, says Starbird. Social media becomes a testing ground for ideas that then gain momentum and are often picked up by conservative media outlets such as Fox News, she adds, in quotes. What we're learning is that mass media and social media are actually very integrated, out of quotes, mine. The universal communication is in process. It can be perceived as a testing ground where humans are actors on the world stage, including promoting false narratives. What can be learned here is that Starbird may have a biased perspective since Starbird indicates an ability to designate sides, but not to start with the whole W-H-O-L-E, and instead elaborates on selected parts to further enable the self of the deception, which is rampant in the universal communications process. The interplay is between articulation and observation, which is an action-reaction-resultant scenario of the reenacting articulations that each time is hoping to reduce the tolerance magnitudes of the residual inaccuracies of observation and articulation. Perhaps 
The researchers could learn to generalize the concepts by not parroting popularized propaganda. Theirs, in quotes. The next generation bots interfering with the U.S. election. Trump used this echo chamber to drive conspiratorial thinking about the U.S. election at all levels of the Republican Party. 147 congressional Republicans voted against certifying Biden's election in the wee hours of January 7th, just after the insurrection. In a national poll conducted days later, nearly half of the Republicans questioned the outcome of the election and opposed Biden's inauguration, out of quotes. Mine. What advantage is there in an imaginary echo chamber to drive conspiratorial thinking about the U.S. election at all levels of the Republican Party when conspiratorial thinking contradicts what was actually occurring in real time, correlative to ballots having already been counterfeited, which was accommodated facilitated by mail-in ballots and all else that was not verifiable identification of the real voter to his, her real ballot presented at the physical place where ballots are turned in. Once the ballot becomes an inventory of voter ballots to be transported from one place to another, eventually to be counted by the Dominion computer program, All of these plans were prior to the invented conspiratorial thinking which would not serve any self-validation for Trump's position in this plot. The scheme more obviously was devised by those who had to gain by the certification of Biden, which meant having to discredit Trump at every possible turn of events from the outset of his presidency. Trump's objective was to win the election by rigorously campaigning, attracting massive crowds at his rallies, doing what has always been done thus leading up to the day of the actual voting process. It was in the wee hours of January 7th that are irrelevant to the crime of voter ballot fraud the theft of the election that Trump didn't need to rig, but Biden did. His team of conspirators and all who played their supporting role in the charade constitute many levels of deceit that had to vilify Trump with all that such targeting requires from the media, from insiders, from inside the chamber from whomever it was that instructed the Capitol Police to remove the barricades, which is shown on video, thereby inviting the Trump supporters into the area. But others, way before that incident, had already entered the Capitol. It was logical for anyone who had observed more than one side of the news regarding the voting process and heard Biden say words to the effect that as soon as the ballots were counted in Philadelphia, he would be declared the president. He would win the election. I heard him make that statement, and I wonder what made him so certain of the outcome specifically in that state when many states had yet to be counted. Is that the state where mail-in ballots, ballots transported from out-of-state, ballots that were on standby as expected to result 
in the required number that could be counted on from the behind-the-scene authorities and biased plays and the hidden agendas of the complicated complex fraud. There's, quotes, Conspiratorial theories are fundamentally a form of political propaganda, out of quotes, says Qasim Qasam, a philosopher at the University of Warwick in Coventry, UK. Although Trump failed to overturn the election, Qasim says, the former president was very successful at mobilizing his political base and radicalizing the Republican Party, out of quotes. Mine. How can a political party be radicalized when their position in the Democratic Republic's minimum two-party system is to present the other side's population numbers as dedicated voters? Is it not the misguided perspectives that have lost sight of the importance of the legal vote as the voice of the people on either side of the two-party system? It could be asserted, then, that the Democratic followers of Biden's passive campaign when he did not rigorously appeal to throngs, but laid low, out of sight, for the most part, are not those followers radicalized because they indicate indifference to assuring the vote is legitimate and that all rules at the counting place are obeyed, one of which is that no table is permitted to be covered with a cloth to conceal what is hidden from sight where the ballots are counted, the political propaganda, referred to as a conspiracy theory, obviously conceals those who devised it as a subterfuge by projecting the invention on the one who has nothing to gain by the motivation and has everything to lose by promoting it. To say so denies that Trump simply needed an accurate ballot counting from identified voters. It is the other candidate who desperately needed to be assured of more votes than he campaigned for, which seems to have been accomplished by the illegal ballots and all those changes of the law in the states where the law was violated leading up to the official votes. Biden was a passive campaigner, which indicates assurances from string pullers who could direct the plot and scheme for the end result to the last detail, which culminated January 6 at the Capitol and perhaps spilled over into the chamber. Had Trump's supporters not advertised where they'd be marching on that day? Had Ted Cruz not advertised that he had thousands of sworn under oath affidavits with a penalty of perjury to present there on January 6th? Had not those who have everything to lose once the cat was out of the bag, such as Trump's attorney and other lawyers spelled out in detail everything, collected in evidence, had not YouTube video shown surveillance videos where ballots under cloth-covered tables were brought out after the ballot counters were told to leave the building because of a supposed water main break? Had not all of the visible case against voter count process, including the Dominion software defects, been kept under wraps? then imaginably the entire outcome would have been different. That people jump on any bandwagon against what looks so obvious but actually is quite intricately devious. 
then it takes longer for the truth to come out. Meanwhile, humans are being classified to embellish what is called a conspiracy theory, when in fact, it is simply a conspiracy targeted against all those who wanted the president's re-election. Had it just been a voter ballot counting crime, that would not have begun developing and evolving years before, which seems connected to all the negative press from mainstream media, all the criticism of Trump, and no praise for anything he did from that biased side of the equation. It would not be as easy to factor in all those seemingly inessential aspects, but which all told describe the conspiracy that began years ago when the Russian collusion case was invented and proved to be erroneous, including lies to the FBI by one of its own, who deliberately tampered with an email to aid and abet the deception. All that those researching, bought, fighting social science people have garnered speaks more about their determination to narrate a suitable verbiage that is imagined to fit the perspective and the prearranged narration. The nomenclature does not emanate from the energy of an energized campaign following years of abusing the president in his official office. It was and continues to be abuse by the media and those presiding in the chamber whose acts to grind is sharpened against the one who could win because the people love what he represents to them and their freedom-loving democracy. The people showed more emotional, deepest love of country and the governing system than what is called leftist, socialistic, Marxists followers, whose vindictive determination is to cast aspersions, vilifying the opponent with every possible means, including theft, if need be. Meanwhile, the communication of the people includes cultivating contradictory articulation, some of which reveal to the astute observer at a glance the democracy's disadvantage that grows greater when the press takes the diabolical scheme to the reader while purposely concealing that they must have been consciously, albeit unconscionably, contributing to it. This continues while throwing away any hint of love for the Democratic Republic. It became a disposable government of no relative value to traitors the day they decided to discredit Trump, and in that deviation turned more than 89 million followers and voters for Trump into mindless people who need to be deprogrammed from the radicalization. There's, in quotes, a new world. In the wake of the Capitol insurrection, Twitter banned Trump disconnecting him from his nearly 89 million followers and took down more than 70,000 accounts linked to disinformation about campaign fraud and conspiracy theories. Facebook and Google's YouTube have also suspended Trump's account, out of quotes, mine. The disconnection was from the established form of communication as a Twitter accommodation which had been established by the commander-in-chief, who used that method for addressing the people in the nation. What is labeled as the capital insurrection was a staged trespassing, 
And so perhaps calling it an insurrection is incorrect. Perhaps calling it, referring to it as the capital deception is more accurate. Since the ongoing result continues reenacting against the 89 million followers who prefer Trump to Biden, who prefer democracy to communism, who rely on their vote as the voice of freedom, uh, are not considered viable, and instead become so insignificant that Twitter's narcissistic controller of the social media system silenced their voices by downing their accounts, all of which is as plain as day. That this happened is as a precursor in the multifaceted tactics as mistakes and missteps of the elaborate scheme to discredit one party instead of accrediting its right to manifest balance in the democratic process. Theirs, in quotes, disinformation crackdown graphic depicts the effects of the 70,000-plus purge on a network of politically influential accounts. Source, Andrew Beers slash Center for an informed public university of Washington, end quotes, end quotes. Those actions have stifled the conversation online. Starbird's team analyzed its network of influential Twitter users and found that an entire section tied to QAnon disappeared overnight. In parentheses, see disinformation crackdown. But Starbird says... The extremists they've been following will always find new platforms to spread their dangerous ideas. Law enforcement agencies remain on high alert. On January 27, the Department of Homeland Security released a terrorist bulletin warning that ideological motivated violent extremists who object to the presidential transition would continue in quotes, to mobilize or incite or commit violence, out of quotes, in the coming months, end quotes, mine. Starbird, Starbright, what is the oversight? Who provides the platforms? Who funds the extremists since those actors gather and infiltrate, as does Antifa, whenever the protests and demonstrations as well as other outcries from the people are scheduled to occur. The dangerous ideas that are funded and propagated for engendering fear and force clearly evidence a proclivity of bias, which the research teams seem disconnected from identifying as they have yet to pinpoint the multifaceted objectives, hidden agendas on many fronts, perhaps spanning continents. The most important consideration is that disinformation is permitted with no restrictions despite its anti-democracy overtones by the newspaper moguls and mainstream media television channels and internet power to persuade people to trust but not to verify the disseminated information while inculcating articulations induce distrust of the opposing viewpoint. It is a more self-serving profit motivation than all that has yet to be uncovered in full. Theirs, in quotes, how Facebook, Twitter, and other data 
troves are revolutionizing social science. Out of quotes, in quotes. Although they are still analyzing mountains of data, while disinformation researchers say it's already clear that new regulations will be needed to govern the Internet, tech giants, and the content that their users post online. Donovan says the Biden administration should conduct a comprehensive review of social media, including the algorithms that drive search and recommendation engines as well as the ways in which technology companies have profited from spreading disinformation and conspiracy theories, out of quotes, in quotes. The gatekeeper power of mass media has now shifted to these platform companies, out of quotes, says Donovan, in quotes. We need them to be much more transparent about what they are doing, and we need regulation so that they know what the guardrails are, out of quotes, mine. Donovan needs to delve deeper concerning what enables the deceiver so that in his articulations for discerning his thought language conceptions reveal what is relative to guardrails and gatekeeping. Can the inquiry get closer to the spire, the spiral, the incline and decline, the survival of the concept and the survival of a mind's freedoms by decree? What is mass media's gatekeeping power? To what is this gate referring? What is the significance of the terminology in any relationship between canceling the president's voice by and to the cancel culture, the eradication of free speech from the other's right, while permitting freedom for those who purposely, albeit covertly, safeguard their own speech, while decimating the other's freedom, including speech? Or is a gatekeeper a popularized term that tries to imply someone of a sound mind is guarding the gate, keeping it locked, keeping it opened, keeping it unhinged, keeping it going, while having no clue in conscious mind what the minimum opening is referential to a polyhedron and conceptuality of the minimum thinkable set. The topology of a tetrahedron's triangular faces, all four of those triangles with six edges and four corners or vertexes. This is the thought language of the future, which implies that most of the articulated statements contributing to this news article to which I am reacting reference obsolete systems, albeit analogies and metaphors supposedly sufficing to make the content more true, more scientifically founded by social scientists and educators. As the conspiratorial actually conspires, the terminology can be etymologically generalized to con plus spire. The aspiration can be likened to a conical shape, which means the conceptuality can be generalized to a curvilinear vector within a tetrahedron reference frame. The tetrahedron of significant height to negligible base dimensioning, and as would it be a spiral winding in a continuous curve around a central point or axis, also defined in the dictionary as a process of progressive deteriorization.
showing a continuous and dramatic increase or decrease. It is much wiser to dissect the term than to adapt to it as a programmed mindset's propaganda with every reiteration. Such popularizing spurs on those who set and reset the deception into motion, emotionally convincing the world. There truly must be such a thing because it is being broadcasted, thereby energizing the false narratives all the more. I want to extend my thank you for the science-minded observers of this podcast, assuming that someday they will tune in and not disregard their ability to generalize concepts and respect nature's coordinate system. Reference OUC acronyms described in the transcript, Omniscient Universe Church, your Synergetics Podcast, Episode 230, Negotiating the Complementarities, Common Constituent, OUC Song 231, The Specimen is Me, Master List of Names for God from World's Religions, ResettingTheWorldStage.org, Contact Me, Christina Universe Citizen at ProtonMail.com. Anticipate more episodes and songs from Omniscient Universe Church, a Synergetics Podcast. Thank you.